Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Randy Flagel. I'm the council president here at Holy Savior. Um, pastor asked me to come and uh, talk to you today to kind of wrap up our uh, sermon series on God and money. Uh, we're giving Pastor a little bit of a break today, just simply so that he can spend some time in worship with his family. But also, uh, as those of you who don't know this, he's working on his dissertation. So the eight to ten hours that he normally would put in to prepare for a sermon, he now is actually spending on trying to learn more and be able to benefit us later. So, like I said, we're talking about God and money and that relationship that we have with each of those things. Uh, and we're talking about them because it's an opportunity to grow in Jesus and share his love. In the series, we've been focusing on two specific words. Pastors presented, it's willingness and ability, being willing and being able. We acknowledge that money is a good thing. It does provide for security. It provides us with fulfillment. It provides us with happiness. But God provides us something more. He's providing us peace. He provides us joy. And he provides us love. Also, he provides us a clarity when we're faced with adversity or when we're faced with uncertainty and anxiety, sometimes actually about money. This past week, we actually got really, really practical in looking at how God provides us a plan for our money. And through budgeting, we can actually direct where our money's going rather than just wondering kind of where it went. If you've missed any of these sermons and would like to go back and review them, they are available on our website at holysavior.org. You can click on there, go through to the YouTube, uh, to the YouTube uh, channel and be able to see them there. Uh, there's also a link to the sermon podcast on the website as well. In last week's sermon, I'm gonna, there's a little test here. Who remembers what the three different categories of expenses were? Shout them out if you know it. Saving, spending, and sharing. Thank you. And we're talking today, obviously, about sharing. And to use a different word, giving is what we're talking about. And I'll be honest with you, I have a love-hate relationship with giving. I do. Every year, I have the best intentions to be able to go out and find the perfect gift for Jill for our anniversary or for her birthday or Christmas, and every single year, I fail at it. I fail at it because I forget, I get sidetracked with other things, or I just kind of ignore that the date's coming up, and by the time it gets there, it becomes the gas station flower bouquet that you get. And you know, Now, I have the best wife in the world because she covers up a multitude of my sins, and this is one of them, because what she does is she goes out and finds the perfect gift that she wants. She goes and buys it herself and then turns to me and says, you want to see what you bought me for? Insert holiday here. <laughs> but regardless, I do have this love-hate relationship with giving. And it's not that I can't give, it's not that we can't, we don't have the ability to do so, but it's the willingness that I struggle with. 
And it's the willingness because of the fact I have to ask myself, I constantly ask myself these two questions. Why should I give when nobody else will? Why should I be the one that's responsible when nobody else wants to have that responsibility? The other thing that I ask myself is this one. What's in it for me? What do I get in return? What's in it for me? And maybe you ask yourself those same things. And I feel that we kind of, I, I have this problem all the time when I, with anything that you get in the mail, any charities that we donate to, but even more so when it comes to church stuff. And I think it's kind of it because church stuff asks for us to give not only money, but it asks you to give you more than that. It asks for your time, it asks for your talent, your intellect. Uh, it might be asking for just simply your participation, which means that you have to give something more than just money. And I think God had to ask these same, exact same questions when it comes to us. And he actually gives us the answer to it in today's gospel. Let's read together the last part of the gospel here. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. So why should God have to have given something, given something, when none of us were willing to do so? The simple answer is, is that he didn't. He doesn't. But he did anyway. And he did because nobody else could give enough. Think about that. Nobody else could give enough. And because of that, God the Father created everything, including the money in your pocket today. And he gave it, so, and he gave enough and wanted to give enough because he asked his son, his perfect son, Jesus, to come and save the world, to save you and me because he knows that we couldn't give enough. There's no way that we can give enough. But we were valuable enough for him to give everything. Before I started my current job, I used to work for a nonprofit here in town. Some of you know this. Uh, it's a great organization, and they do a lot of really good work with the money that they receive. Uh, and when I worked there, one of the things that we had, uh, we had this joke, kind of this running joke about all the acronyms that we used. And the funniest one that I always can remember, and we always, I still laugh about it this day, was, was the hoot of, or who, I'm sorry, humafumily. I knew I was going to get this wrong. It's the humafumily. And that what it was, it was a report that marketing would ask, and it was basically asked this question, how much for me lately? How much have you done for me lately? And marketing wanted to know this just simply so that they could know what their return on investment was because they needed to know whether or not it was worth me, them sending you or me or whoever uh, that second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, tenth, twelfth donation request. That acronym does kind of drive home that second question. What's in it for me? It's all about reciprocity. 
reciprocity. They wanted to know is what's in it for me? How much am I getting back for this? And it's honestly a good question in certain instances, and one of which is actually has to do here with church. How much of you know where your money goes when you put it in the offering box or donate it online or text give or anything like that? Go ahead and raise your hand if you do, if you know. Those of you who have your hand up, you know who you are. There's one of three things that you have. Either A, you're currently on council, so you know you're actually currently working with the budget, or B, you've been on council and had to deal with the budget, or in somewhere in your past life, you've dealt with church finances. I'll bet that nobody, I mean, uh, since you didn't raise your hand, I'm sure that the rest of you probably don't know exactly where it goes. Now, I would have to say that from the perspective of being a church officer here, that's one thing that we want to make sure that you know. Obviously, it's a, you know, big word, another big word, disclosure. But we want you to know where your money's going because I th we, it's our gift as agent, as your agent back to you so that you do know where this is going. So if we're not making that, if we're not doing our job, let us know. But if reciprocity is how you're also giving to the church what's in it for me, there's more than just that analysis of what we, where that money's going that you have to do. You have to see, am I getting a return on the sermon? Is the sermon something you want to listen to? Is it, are, we, are we hitting the topics that you want? Is the music the right music? Is it played the right way? Is the length of the service the right length so that I can make sure I can get in here, get my donut, and get my coffee right before so I can sit down and have that at the end, before lunch? All of those things kind of come into play when you're talking about this. Whether or not you're getting something back really shouldn't, however, be the reason that we share and give. It, when we share and give here, and actually it needs to be anywhere, we have to put aside what's in it for me. God put aside what's in it for him when he bought us back. When he bought us back, he looked at us and said, that's something that is of great enough value to me that he was willing to put aside the reciprocity because he knows there's nothing that we can give. There is nothing that we have that we could give back to him that could potentially offset us being bought back. That idea, through Jesus' death and resurrection, we were remade to actually be of value to him. And that's the only thing we have of value is ourselves. Nicodemus couldn't understand this in today's gospel. Jesus said that you have to be reborn of water in the Spirit. In the Greek translation, it actually reads as that you have to be born from above, which, again, it doesn't make a lot of sense. How can you be reborn? How can you be remade? Nic Nicol I'm sorry, Nicodemus, I had that problem with the word too. <laughs> Nicodemus doesn't under didn't understand that salvation, to, for salvation to work, we need to be remade. We can't do it. 
Just like the wind blows wherever it goes, we can't do it. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know where it's going. We also can't explain it. How many of us can explain why the wind blows? We don't have that capability. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know what it is, what the mechanics are of being reborn of the Spirit, remade. Paul, however, gives this clarity in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. God answered the question, what's in it for me? With one word, you. So why do we share? Why do we give? I can tell you why I do, and it's simply this, because God gave me the willingness and the ability to do so. I still struggle with the questions of why should I give when nobody else will? What's in it for me? I still struggle with that. But God the Father sent Jesus into this world to recreate me to rebirth me, to buy me back. I am why God gave his son when nothing else would do. I am why Jesus' blood was made me so precious to him that God wanted me more than anything. I'm what's in it for him. And that's why we share. That's why we give. It's because we don't have anything else to offer but us. So I know some of you are still asking, are we still talking about God and money? And we are. We are. And, but let's put money into perspective. We've been talking about it in kind of equal footing here with relationship, with the relationship that we have with God and we have with money. But let's put money into perspective. Money is a tool. But it's not the only tool in the tool bag. Your time, your talent, your knowledge, your experience, your ability, your strength. All of these things, compassion, love, joy, all of these things are things that we can share. These are all things that we have as a gift from God. When you give your time to mow the lawn here at church, we're getting into that lawn mowing season. So if you want to mow the lawn, I'm sure that we can find people that we can help. But that saves money that we can then turn into gather, growing, and going. It gives us that ability to do more things. It's up to, we're the ones who have the ability to choose where those gifts go. God gives us the tools. He gives us the gifts. We're the ones who choose where they go. We're the ones that get to choose whether or not we're going to build things up or tear things down. 
He wants us to grow in Jesus and share his love. He wants us to gather. He wants us to gather together. He wants us to gather our resources so we know how much we have to be able to grow and go. This is really who we are. This is us. So, with Pastor James not up here, I'm sure that many of you are thinking, oh, no challenge this week. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> um, I'd like to challenge you with this. As we, as we look at growing in Jesus and sharing his love, think about this. God answered the question, what's in it for me, with one word, you. Think about how much God values you this week. Just think about that. And in looking at that, how much can you reflect that love in and to the world? We live in this world. We're part of this world. We're an ingredient, just like an ingredient in, the cake, in a cake. We're part of the mix. But we're also to reflect this love into the world. If you ever look at a lamp or a directed light or a candle or hold, it, hold, a, uh, hold a mirror behind a candle, which way does the light go? It goes away from you. It goes into the darkness. That's the thing that we can do. And lastly, I'd like to challenge you with this. What's keeping you from being willing to have God send you? What's keeping you? And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of answers that we can give for this. Oh, I don't have enough money. Oh, I don't have enough time. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. But we all have something to share. We all have something to give. In 1868, Reverend Daniel March, uh, who is a congregational pastor in Philadelphia, actually was going to preach on Isaiah 6. I'll let you guys look that up. There's your assignment for the week. But he didn't find a suitable hymn to go with it. So, in, so being the ingenuitive um, pastor that he was, he decided to write one. It's a hymn that I've found um, inspiration over the years, when looking at this exact topic. It's called Hark the jo Voice of Jesus Calling, and I'd like to read you a couple of verses from it. If you cannot speak like angels, if you cannot preach like Paul, you can, you can tell the love of Jesus, you can say he died for all. If you cannot rouse the wicked with the judgment's dread alarms, you can lead the little children to the Savior's waiting arms. If you cannot be a watchman standing high on Zion's wall, pointing out the path to heaven, offering life and peace to all, with your prayers and with your bounties, you can do what God demands. You can be like faithful Aaron holding up the prophet's hands. Let none hear you idly saying, there is nothing I can do while the multitudes are dying and the master calls to you. Take the task he gives you gladly. You can do. Let his work your pleasure be. Answer quickly when he calls you. Here am I. Send me. Send me. 
Let's pray. Almighty Father, you have given us different abilities to serve you, but I confess that I struggle with being willing to do so. You've sacrificed more than any of us could ever imagine and know. Help us to understand when and what you call us to do and be willing to answer, send me, send me. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening. Until next time.